Welcome to episode 237 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Right, guys, welcome along to episode 237 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How are you going, mate? I'm very good. Apparently, you're a bit under the weather. I'm, I'm, I'm about to come under the weather, I think. Really? You're just. The, the family's down. The storm's down. coming over. Family is down. Oh, it's young kids, isn't it? I, I think I can battle through. I'm good at battling through. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a bit like that too. Mm. We're not soft, are we, John? No, the rest hardcore. of the family is. Although, John, I will say, just before we start the show, you have a lovely wife, John. I do, yes. She told me not to leave the house in my trackies today. She said, don't leave the house in your trackies. Why? I, I just forbid. She said, she said, it doesn't look good. What, what, I said, I'm going to Bevan's place. I don't care. Exactly, that's what I said. I said, I'm on my bike. I'll have my helmet on. Nobody will notice me. Yeah, your trackies are fine. Thank you. No, but she's lovely, John, because I was at the gym the other day teaching a class because that's how I feed my family. Mm. And after I t- t- taught my class, I'm, I'm at the reception and Belinda must have left the gym and saw me came back into the gym and offered me a ride home, even uh, with my bike. Ah. Uh, I thought, that's a lovely person. Yes, we saw you running home the other day, and she said, you're going to pull up. I said, nah, let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we've got the yin and the yang. We've got Belinda, who's just lovely, and John, who's just bloody inconsiderate. And make it happen. Uh, make it work. When was I running home? That must have been Sunday. Yep. Oh, nice, good times. Okay, then, uh, I'm Talk is proudly brought to you by... Coffeesofwai.com. Oh! It's just what you feel like when you have coffees of Hawaii. Athlinks.com. Andrew's actually been in Arizona, and a few of the listeners apparently went and met him, so that's all good. Nice. Hopefully he's wearing a splash T-shirt. Yeah, he would have been. And Extreme Endurance. Extreme Endurance. Actually, we got a, some good feedback from Hotel mm. on that this week, so we'll read that when we get up to their ad. First of all, news is apparently brought to you. Oh, this week's show, we've got some news. We've got Age Group of the Week. We've got a high five, John. High five. Bring it back. Um, we've got Website of the Week. Oh, John's doing a John's Mini History Lesson. That's right. I, I like the topic too, actually. Yes. It would have been controversial at the time. It was very controversial oh. at the time. And we've also got an interview with Annette Lee, who is a producer of uh, Epic Camp, uh, the documentary going, ha- going Long, Going Hard. And uh, John, it's a great name. It is a great name. <laughs> going Long, <laughs> Going Hard. Just, just hope it comes up in the right category on, on various search engines. Uh, and then lastly, we've got some questions and answers at the end. Okay, well, the big news. Do you want to do, do, we'll do results first? Yeah, I, I, think, uh, I think Lance okay. is big news. But okay, it look. is big news. It was on. It was on the national news this morning. Yeah, um, on TV last night and stuff. So it, was a, it was the first piece on the sports news. Really? Yeah. So if you haven't heard, oh, let's talk about Lance. Lance Armstrong apparently coming to well, no, is coming to Rotorua um, for a trial. Well, let's tell the story. So a few days ago, he has an alter ego. It's Jan Plablo, whatever it is, and it's a Twitter account which is just for his triathlon stuff. Right. So and I think the guy's name is based on. Oh, I'm not quite sure of the story behind that, but. So he put, I'm looking at doing a race, and he put some... Quick coordinates. Coordinates, basically, and it, and it pointed to a lake... In Rotorua, just outside Rotorua. Do you know the name of it? No. No, we were in dead on this one. And um, and so then we, we got like a million emails from you guys going, mm. oh my God, he's coming to New Zealand. And then Kat um, from Rotorua, the Rats, yep. the association who puts on the race, yep. said it was confirmed and they are crapping your undies. Because <laughs> <laughs> the race is really just a local small triathlon. Oh, it, it's a medium-sized yeah. race, but it's, it's... But it's not. It's not a mecca. 
if you're in New Zealand, you wouldn't really know about it unless you sort of lived in the area. It's basically a festival event. So they have, I don't know exactly what they have, but I think they have an aquathon, like a swim race, you know, a try and maybe something else. And apparently he's going to do all, all of them. So it's a little mini festival of he's events. He's going to do all of them. Yeah, he's going to do oh, all really? of it. Um, so Belinda told me because she heard from the radio. Oh, she's been doing a piece for us. And the, the deal was that he didn't actually contact them and tell them he was coming. He entered. He um, entered and then and then uh, they they sort of went back to his manager and just said, can you confirm this? And they said, yep, he's coming down. Because he is going to be down here for the tour down under across in Australia. So I guess he's they just figured, right, let's find a triathlon to do. And God knows how he found that. But... Um, Maybe you did a search for like triathlon festival. So, so on the news they had that girl. I can't remember her name. I think it was Caroline, uh, the girl who was like the events coordinator. Mm. And uh, they were actually having the meeting about you know that that night. And then on the entry came through Lance Armstrong, mm. and, and like it's like oh my god, <laughs> you know, imagine that. Imagine just like imagine that. <laughs> imagine if the hot triathlon. You just I woke up one morning and you saw there's Lance Armstrong in the entries. Well, somebody did try to be funny last year and they entered one of my duathlons as Fabian Cancellara. Oh, did they? And I thought, mm, no. Well, that's <laughs> the thing, you, you wouldn't believe it, would you? No. And then you'd find out all these Twitter feeds. It's interesting, um, you know, they're saying the event, you know, normally has a cap of 500 people, but on the news they had uh, the local councillor saying, well, no, we can accommodate 2,000. Yeah, and Triathlon New Zealand are getting on the bandwagon. I heard the CEO on the radio this morning saying, you know, we're going to take advantage of this. So. Yeah. Let's just see if he rocks up. It's kind of silly not to take advantage of it, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. You know what we should do, John? What? We should try to get him on the show. <laughs> so if anyone's got some power when it comes to Lance yeah, Armstrong... we've got connections to the rats, so... Yeah, because it'd be great just to get an interview with him. Even yeah. if we just, you know, confirm, look, we don't want to talk about cycling, we just want to talk about triathlon, your early career and where you're hoping to go now. So if, if anyone knows Lance... Well, get your cat mate onto it. Okay, uh, we'll, I will. Cat, sort it out. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. want an hour with Lance. Yeah. Okay then, um, oh, that's not the show notes. Where we go? Okay, so show notes. I've got to pull up some results. Last weekend we had uh, Ironman Arizona. Uh, an interesting day there. And I actually day. watched a little bit of the coverage on um, Ironman.com and I thought it was actually really good. They did a great job. Uh, they had good um, amount of cameras out there. They were following you know, several of the, the athletes, leading athletes at this time. Granted, I only really watched it um, on the run. But it was um, it was just good sound coverage. Chris McDonald is now on there, and um, he was well, doing oh, a bit of the post show as well on the pre show, I should say, and uh, he was hosting that with uh, Leodo. Yep, and so Lisa Bentley. Lisa Bentley. Yep. So no, they had a good team, and they they what what I really liked was is basically almost as the guys finished across the line. Um, they were up there to do interviews with with Greg right. Welsh, and uh, they also you know they got the first A trip across the line. And he was just loving it, being talking to Greg Welsh. He goes, "You're just my legend." You might. Oh idol. really? Really? And uh, and so that was really good. So I thought. Overall, they did a great job. Um, I thought the, the texting updates were seemed to be a bit better than normal. Um, so it looks like they're picking up the game. Well, it's good because it is an area they seem to be identified that they need to improve on. And, and you mm. know, in the American races now, now that they own them all, that they are really putting this energy into it. And it's good for the sport, isn't it? Mm. You know, it's good to see that we can go on. I didn't actually realise they had live coverage, so I was just watching the feed. Yeah, no, it's good. Uh, I, unfortunately, I've just got one gripe. And, and that's the article that Bevan's pulled up in front of him right now. And, and the title is on the top, Wellington smashes the Ironman world record. And it's just like, it's just arrogance because, you know, sure. Well, well, they do, well admittedly, in this article, they do acknowledge it's the WTC record. Yeah, but the, the headline is that. I mean, she went 8.36 and wrote, she went 8.19 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, come on, you should say Wellington just obliterates the field or something. Yep. But it's not the world record. And come on, let's be serious. Let's be serious, John. Yeah. But other than that, 
outstanding job. Well, I wrote down some notes, John, because I did my piece. So, first of all, Jordan Rapstar, let's give mm-hmm. him some love here. Last year, I didn't actually realise the detail of oh, what yeah. actually happened to him. He got hit off his bike, <clears> left <throat> on the side of the road to die. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was just fortunate that some army dude was driving by, pulled over, put his fingers down his throat, grabbed his tongue out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew it was... So it was pretty serious stuff. Well, the blood was the blood loss. I think was was, was well not quite serious, but pretty serious. Yeah. As well. well, if he was left by himself for longer, who knows what would have happened? Mm. Came back, pulled off a fourth. And, so and he was within three minutes of his time from last year when he which won, was a record, which was a course record. So yeah, he he, he looked outstanding, and he um, he was wrapped when he finished. Well, interesting facts about the course was that on the ride, basically, Ruliado, uh, Rap, and Henning were riding together for a while, and then uh, who won it in the end? Um, Timo Bracht yeah, Timo Bracht caught up but um, Henny got a penalty he did I think it was late in the ride and yeah. I, 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 I saw him it mentioned at the end there and I think it may have been for blocking or something he said he said in the end it was probably a fair enough call but I think they were they were dealing with getting around a lot of um, lapped athletes and so it was really difficult to, 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 to avoid, to it, avoid yeah. it Um and in the end, the the diff, I think it was a three minute penalty. Yeah, it would have been close, and it would have basically meant that him and Timo Brandt would have uh, started head-to-head. the run head to head and gone for it. So, it was, well, he got it within a minute of Brandt within the last six miles. Who so was catching him, but then Brandt put the foot down and took it home. So, yeah. mm. um, but no, it was it was a it was a good race. Craig Alexander, we thought was going to be on the start list. Um, he didn't start well I, d- I didn't see his name feature at all so I assume he didn't let's talk the women's results first because I got that page up so obviously Chrissy Wellington 10 out of 10 in Ironman results now she's never lost a race you know what never looked close to losing mm-hmm. um, at this stage in her career uh, I'm sure for herself she would have been pretty happy with that after oh, this point was, of coming she was ecstatic oh really so she was just going nut bar really? running up and down and um, almost in tears and everything so she was uh, very look at the very run pleased. Mate. So she did a 51 which is a great swim she did a 4.47, you know, good ride as well, but a 2.52. And the fastest lunch was only 2.48 by the guys, so, so she was within four minutes of the fastest that's march. unbelievable, she, just, wasn't it? she looked fast when she was running, you know. She was, that's just smoking. I mean, she had 12-minute lead off the bike, so she has got WTC record. Uh, came in the second was Lindsay Corbin, uh, Corbin and what she come in on? 9.05, 905 so basically 30 minutes behind. Land a cave in 9.13. She's had a big kind of few months, mate, because she got 10th in Kona, and then she got one Miami 70.3, second at the champs. Last weekend. Last weekend, and then get a third here this weekend. So Big month of racing. Yeah, man. She, I'm sure she'll be able to get to Kona next year now. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she, she went for it. Um, she she tried, the rest of the year off. <laughs> she tried to ride with Chrissy for a while, and did ride with Chrissy for a while um, on the bike, so you've got to give her credit for that. And um, for sure, I'm sure she would have run a little bit faster had she not had all that fatigue. As, as much as we uh, give WTC a little bit of a hard time about making the pros have to race an extra Ironman, the fields are going to be better this year, you know, and I know this field in particular, it's, it's early in the year season, so people are trying to knock out some races, but you've got some pretty good athletes in the top 10 there. Yeah, you've got Chamo Helene Bidavart, who was the champion last year. I mean, yeah, the Wirtle. T- in 10th place, 9.33, and for a female field, that's, granted it's a fast course, yep. but that's um, that's still really good. Yeah. So then the guys' side of things, what happened there, Jombo? We had uh, Timo Brack took it out. And a course record as well. Yeah, it was fa- it was fast times, and they were, they were talking it up on the run. They all thought, well, not they all thought, but um, they, they thought that Rasmus was going to come through on the run and take it, and he just never managed to make the inroads. And we've got to remember, Timo Brandt is an outstanding athlete. He's won. He got second in the Yeah, but he's yeah. also won um, Ironman Germany, and that's you know the second yep. biggest race in the world. So he's very very good, and, and yeah, broke the course record by six minutes. One thing we need to remember is it was, by six ve- minutes, it was very very difficult um, on the on the bike um, I coached a guy who raced and he said he thought the winds were like as bad as Kona 
Oh, really? Um, and when I was watching the coverage, it was very cold. Um, when they were finishing, they were all getting the blankets around them, the, you know, the... Yep. The, the silver suits. Silver suits. Silver surfers, we'll call them. And um, Greg Welsh was sitting there with a beanie on. Lisa Bentley had a big jacket on and gloves. So it looked unseasonably cold, which means for good, you know, fair running times. Um, but it sounded like it was very, very windy on the bike. So Tim O'Brien, great race, 807.16. And he did race Kona, you know, um, a month or so ago. So good on him. Now, he came in at second. And then we've got Tom Lowe. No. And it's only second ever Ironman. First ever Ironman. Oh, was it his first? I thought they said second. Do, do you know the story behind him as well? Uh, yeah, he had a... He, no. No? <laughs> Chrissy Wellington's man. Oh, back it up. So they would have had a good night. They might have done the fourth discipline job. And he, uh, <laughs> he did the fastest. He was predicting. Apparently he was saying before the race, his first Ironman, he sort of said, oh, I might be able to run. Like but he's an extra course guy, isn't he? Oh, he's, he's a good athlete. Yep. Um, but, but this is by far his best result like a 70.3 results he's been doing those and been getting sort of top 10s he's, he's a strong as your athlete really weak swimmer um, but he looked great he ran 248 which is the fastest of the day thankfully he, he didn't get checked um, by his wife because apparently that was going to be the, the deal that they were going to have to do dishes for the year or something like that or oh, really? run fast but that's an outstanding and he was running in second for, for a long long time um, and Rasmus just got him towards the end yeah so it was uh, an outstanding effort by him Rasmus sending second Tom Lowe Third, and then the rapster was was fourth. Matty Reed, I'm John because you know, like wow, yeah, and he was lead, he was leading off the bike, yeah. Um, and Matt, so Matty Reed, what do you think about that? I was about Were you about thought? what I, I would have expected. I, I I didn't think he would do amazingly well, but so well, I just think he's his. He's a he's a short course guy. Okay. And, so, you, uh, but you, some short course guys can cross over. Yeah. And he's not the type you can. I think. I don't think he's quite got the mindset for for long course racing. Okay. He may prove prove me wrong, but I think he's he just likes to go hard and likes to smack it out. Um, and it's kind of sitting on an average pace doesn't really work for a guy yeah. like him. So we'll, we'll see. Um, he was he was first. I think he was first or second out of the swim, and then rode with the leaders for a bit, and then just slowly drifted back. But I can guarantee you one of his strong motivations would have been not to be caught by Chrissy. <laughs> I can so guarantee it. Four, four or five minutes in front of him. <laughs> it's funny. Um, I will say that Andrew from uh, Athletics was just saying it was an amazing race. And uh, he was saying that they were set up at the expo and heaps of you guys went up and said hello to him. So that's mm. kind of cool. But he just said the atmosphere was phenomenal. So uh, there's one thing WGC do really well is that kind of get the, get the crowd pumping mm. uh, let me go back to the show notes now John okay show notes are weird they're right there okay so uh, we also had the beach to battleship and uh, I pulled up the results this one John so where did I put them I put them right here right there and first place we had Zach Rubble from Claremont Florida sub 9 sub 9 got to be happy with that 55 swim 442 bike 308 run 850 and then, uh, 855 uh, and then Alex McDonough came in on a 915 and he's a very he's a well known athlete does a bit of writing and he's a, he's a very good age group athlete so it's not too bad a field and then Mark Carey in third and 924 and then on the ladies side of things we had uh, D Atkins taking out in 1036 and uh, Ratana O'Brien in 1056 and then in third place Katie Malone in 1109 apparently a nice race um, it got you know men- good mention in the triathlete magazine as one of the sort of top non-WTC races to do so well it has uh, 400 male finishes so it has 500 finishes for it's a, good yeah it's pretty good and, and, and uh, they have a half Ironman event as well so I'm sure it has a, has a good vibe about it and I watched the trailer once and it just looked like a, a beautiful race and a cool race yeah it just looked like it was a well presented race our good old uh, Nick from Tri-Juice the mm-hmm. Juicinator mm-hmm. aka uh, just sent us through a piece telling us about the race saying that there are the Tin Men Relay Team obviously because they've always had heart transplants so the Tin Men you know from, yep, yep. Uh, yeah it was the nice. movie um, Wizard of Oz Wizard of Oz yeah 
uh, Brian Barnett, Barnd, uh, Kyle Gar- Garlett, and Mark Black. Well, I don't know if we interviewed the guy or not, but that Kyle Garrett was, um, he was in Kona at the time. He was a heart transplant. Yeah. We tried to do Kona when we were over there. Oh, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. Mr. Swim, yeah, Mr. Yeah. Swim cut off. But I think he made it this year. I'm almost positive he made the whole race this year. Oh, great. Well, they were the first team to complete an iron distance race, mm-hmm. all heart transplant teams, hence nice. the 10 men. So good on the maze, because uh, I can imagine that makes things pretty tough to an iron So that, that was at the, um, <laughs> the, the Beach, the beach battleship. battleship. And Nick was all... Also letting us know that the great, uh, the Grand Colombian um, Triathlon, which is an iron distance race and whole festival events, has been resurrected, and he's got an article up on TriJuice. So another iron distance race for you, North American athletes. Uh, oh, Washington, do. isn't it? No, no, uh, it's in. Oh, I'm not actually sure. Oh, no, they do yeah. the they, they do the Great Floridian. It's the same company that does the Great Floridian. Oh, okay. Grand Colombian. Actually, I'm not quite sure where that is. Okay, then. Well, uh, coming up this. Oh no, back it up, John. There was one other race on this weekend, an important race in the, in the New Zealand race calendar. This is the South Island International Half. The two Island. times you, John. Two times you. Newton. Yeah. South Island International. Half Ironman race. And you know what, John? You'll be happy. Yes. Because BJ DJ, DJ BJ, BJ, DJ, DJ. was doing his work. And he was in the house. I was in the house. I, was, I made a playlist. And I was, because I was kind of like, this is my test run. Mm-hmm. And I made a playlist. Use, I, use a small events for your test run. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I, know, I was waiting for the, I didn't want to stuff up the Mecca. <laughs> so I, I, on the Friday, I sat down for about an hour and a half, made a playlist. And I showed Joe and I took a few songs out because I thought mm-hmm. they'd look too edgy. Mm-hmm. And I made a playlist and the music was happening in the background. They gave me a microphone, John. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was good times. It was a great race. Yeah. Uh, results, we'll talk results, and then I'll tell you stories afterwards. So on the female side of things, we had... Who did the females? I don't actually know. Thames and... Thames and Hayes. Hayes took it out. She dominated the dojo, really. She won by a good 15 minutes. And then in second place, we had Steph Anderson. And then in third place, can you see a three there, John? I can't. You might have to scroll down. It could be one of the 40-plus. Um, yes, there we go. Shirley... Finlater. So these are all non I think they're all non Christchurch people because I haven't heard of any of those three. So good work, girls. Yeah, the girls did great, man. It was, yeah, it was a really good race. And then in the boys' side, I think the boys' race was actually pretty exciting. Did you hear about it? Yes. Oh, did you? Coach champion athlete. Oh, did you? Yeah. Well, he was meant to do run walk. He didn't. <laughs> he told me that he piked out when he got caught. <laughs> he didn't have the discipline to carry it through. Would you? Um, just, I don't know. Probably. Interesting situation. So what I, happened I was, um, Andrew Black took it out from Chris uh, Beasley. Beasley, and then Rod Creasy came in at third. He was a little bit off the pace, about six minutes back. But So Andrew came off the bike first, probably about a minute in front, mm-hmm. and then by the time they came, it's a three-lapper of seven Ks. So by the time they came in the first lap, we were actually doing the prize giving for the half marathon at that time. Mm-hmm. So I stopped the crowd. I got more clapping for them. It was good yeah. times. And... Um, they were together. Then the second yeah. lap, they're together still. So yeah. they pretty much ran the whole thing together. And I think maybe with a few k's to go, two so k to go, two k to go. He did. He did the did the uh, Ray Loot trick uh, yeah. in Mecca because Chris went in for a drink yeah. and Andrew attacked. Drop the hammer. Yeah, drop the hammer on the drink station. It's a trip team. It's a tip. And I uh, managed to get about a thirty second lead on him and ended up taking it out at the end. It was very solid, and he's been had a fantastic winter running. Ran a one thirteen uh, and a half, I think, at the Russia yeah. Half Marathon. Um, and so for, to run a one eighteen is is really solid. And overall time is four oh nine, so that's a good time four oh nine flat. So, but the question is, if you were doing a race, meant to be doing the walk run, but you're in the lead and a guy second catches you, mm. would you do it? don't know. I, I mean, like I said, in Auckland, I got caught um, by, for a place, and I still did it. I knew I was about to get caught and did it. So Now, looking back, do you wish you hadn't? 
no, I think that it was the right decision at the time. You still it, couldn't have gone any I faster. Couldn't have gone any faster. So yeah, know. but the, the thing is, that, you know, like I understand physiologically, it's the best thing to do. Mm-hmm. But there is something about having the mental challenge of having someone with you that may make you t- go to the next level. Yes, but also one of the things that I was finding um, gave me a buzz in the first half was I'd do my walk and I'd have a couple of people pass me and I'd catch them up very, very quickly. So okay. you could also look at it like. If, if you get in, front, get in front of them and then start walking, and then if they catch you up and pass you, and if you catch them back up again, maybe that's going to play some mental yeah, games with them as well. Yeah, probably Good point. So well, well, Andrew didn't have that confidence. Exactly. But he won <laughs> but, the race. hey, the strategy worked. The boy won the race. And he's had a few seconds here. Mm-hmm. I think last year he got second. And in the year we did it, he blew up. Remember his bike broke bike, up? Chain broke. And he ended up running the bike in. Mm. So he's, he's, he's kind of been there or thereabouts for quite a few years. So it was great to see him actually win the race. And he wants to try to qualify for Kona. So I think he's on track. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So he's doing New Zealand, is he? Mm-hmm. Oh, good times. Well, there's a few more stories about the race, John, because I was the DJ BJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, Zania. Yes. Had her Iron Man talk. Iron Man talk because she had the old school top oh, on. Yes, and I was loving yes. that. Uh, Mike, uh, a good friend of mine, he actually had the Coffees of Hawaii hat on. He had a great day. He had an hour PB. Nice. Yeah, he's really stepped up his training. He's an example of an athlete who was kind of quite recreational with it, decided he wants to go next level. Really stepped up his training. I think he did 450. So mm. he's, you know, he's knocked an hour off his PB. He's doing Wanaka, so that's pretty exciting for him. Uh, Stephen Lord got chipped in the swim. Did he? Wow, kind of. Yeah. So, so what happened was, oh, man, man, Lord. So I actually thought it was Rob Creasy at the start, so I'm commentating, and, but it was actually Lord, and he had a chick, and they were like, oh, second place must be Rob Creasy or something, but it was a chick. Yeah. And they get out of the water, Lord's in front, but she topped him to the timing mat. So. Nice. <laughs> so they were racing the team. Yeah, they won the team. Yeah. Uh, the Team Still, UK. He's a solid swimmer, so for her to... Yeah, she, he, was, she only, he only beat her out of the water by a few seconds. Oh, John. I'm just somebody, what am I, where am I supposed to be doing? Oh, turn your phone off. You, you'll like that reminder. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, so that was, you know, Stephen Lord sharpened up on transitions. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mate Al decided the day before the race to put his zero bars on for the first time. <laughs> Not the sharpest move. Yeah. He's a little sore after the race. Cramps. Yeah. Never done that before. But probably the highlight of the day, John, mm-hmm. was we're doing the swim, you know, transition and, you know, watching the field come through. And by this stage, most of the field's gone and you're kind of waiting for the sprint. No, the... Yeah, you're waiting for the sprint to start because sprint went second. Mm-hmm. And all the slow athletes coming out, some people way off in the background, and, and, and I see Gary Burgess. Yeah. And I'm thinking, what's Gary Burgess doing out there? And I go, is it Gary Burgess? And someone goes, nah, it can't be Gary Burgess. Yeah. You know, top 10 guy at Kona, legend yeah. that he is. Did three laps of the swim course. <laughs> <laughs> so so he came in, and then after the race we were talking, he ended up, I think he'd been up pulling out and having such a good day. But the good thing was, his ex-wife told me he had to do another lap, and she obviously saw his influence on his side because he thought, oh, well, I must have to do another lap, and he went for the third lap. She's, so. She taught him for bloody doing so much training. <laughs> so three laps on the swim course, Gary, sharpen up. He wins oh, the sharpen up award dear. this week. So that was, uh, it was a great day, actually. It's not a good race for him. He got DQ'd one year as well for crossing the centre line. Oh, did he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Gary Gary definitely gets the performance of the week three nice. laps of the I wonder at what point he thought surely I'm not here to be doing two <laughs> can't see anybody else in front of me yeah. oh man I'm, I'm dominating this swim yeah. he's a good swimmer but yeah you're not going to be naughty out of the water unless yeah. you're a chick yeah. uh, so so that was it was actually a good race down in uh, Ashburton uh, it was all good times good times catching up for all the crew uh, what have we got coming up this weekend we've got the Ultraman John Ultraman so now, the one interesting thing that I read on here somewhere when I was sort of having a look to say, right, how do you enter here? Apparently it said 
this year entries are only open to people who have done it before and I thought that's a bit rank wow <laughs> so because it is an event you've got to apply for you can't just go and enter it and, we're um, expecting and nearly do. full field of former finishers for the event yeah so it um, it was an interesting one so Ultraman yeah yeah as of 2010 entrants for the Ultraman World Championships were needed to be a former individual finishers of either Ultraman Canada or Ultraman so maybe they're trying to build up Canada as a way to no Canada fills as well um, it's odd, isn't it? Yeah, so elitist. It is a bit, bit rank. Um, yeah. So anyway, so it's a 6.2 miles. It's held on Kona. Uh, 6.2 mile swim, 261 mile bike, and a 52k run. And they do each event each day, don't they? And they split it a little bit. I think you do the swim and part of the bike, and then the big chunk of bike, and then the, you did the last day. You do the um, the run. So um, that's going to be on in the next couple of days. Twenty uh, sixth to twenty eighth of November. Yep. So that's sort of um, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So good luck. I think Jonas Colting's racing. He's won there once or twice before. So good luck to everybody who's heading over to Ultraman. Yeah, it is a pity you can't because it's kind of turn up. Mm. Um, and we've also got Iron Man Cosmo. Yeah, you know, I'm going to give them a bit of a plug because uh, oh, well, good on they, them. They've, they've, they've got, got the, their, their yep, start yep. list up. And I've got to say, it's a pretty strong start list. Well, again, I think, you know, the fields are going to be better this year. Yeah. So, you know what? As much as we've complained about, you know, making them do an extra race, it's, it's, it is probably better for the racing. So you've got Paul, um, Paul Amy. Uh, you've got... Uh, Brad Kubicki. Yeah, but I, I suppose at the same time, how many of these guys are going to turn up? Because like, you've got Max Longry in there. He raced last weekend. You've got um, Michael Lovato. The, the Tobinator, Toby Radcliffe, Luke McKenzie, Oscar Galindez, um, Peter Vabrusik, I think I saw down there. Yep. So it's a good field. Um, again, you don't have those rock, really real rock stars. I had um, the FEMA field up somewhere and I must have taken it off. Sorry. Um, on the girls' side of things, I remember I seeing Yvonne Van Vlerken was down. She won last year. Also, Catelyn Snow, who's had some amazing run splits. Sub, she ran the second fastest split in Kono, two um, you know, lowish two fifties. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, just a, overall, I was looking at fields, going, these are as strong of fields as you you really you, see, you generally see outside of say Kona and Ironman Germany. So uh, it, it is going to do some good things for. Um, the exposure for these races that typically would get sort of second or third tier guys at best. Yeah, so it's, it's interesting Mount, times. This Sunday, apparently it's a very nice race. We've got a couple of guys racing down there. Do you he's going? He's, he's up in that old... Uh King Glass. Uh, so yeah, if you want to check that out, check it out, check check, check it out. Okay, what else we've got happening, John? You've got well, I've kind of mixed it all up. Ja- here, no, I? Jared, um, he was one of the guys that sent through the the Lance sort of thing. He also said that the 2011 European ITU Long Distance Champs have been announced, and he just wanted to send this through to wind us up because um, I can't won't be able to pronounce the name. Eh? Okay, we'll both have a go. Uh, Havinamal. Did you think if you say it quieter, they yeah. would <laughs> get away with it? Havinamal. Havinamal. In Ireland and Finland. Wow. It's supposed to be an awesome course and it's uh, run alongside the Nokia 226. So if you go to europe.triathlon.org, um, you find out about that there. Okay, lastly, um, uh, bike jerseys time. Um, so I'm going to be cutting off the order on. This Sunday, so if you want Sunday, to wait a second. If you're if you're hearing this later, Sunday we're going to the Sunday 28th. the 28th. So New Zealand time? New Zealand time. Because some people might be over in you know, other parts of the world, John. We've, oh, we're I'll, an international show. I'll be putting the order in on Monday, so if you want to be safe, you get it in on Sunday. This is my printer. Okay. Don't worry, John was a little bit concerned about something on my computer. Yeah. Yeah, it's concerned. Look, okay, well, let's have a look at sponsors first before we do our discussion of the week. Flinks.com. And one thing I was, I was saying, if you go cl- click on clubs... 
This is, this is one of the good things about the club feature. If you're involved in your club, um, you want to get on here. So if you click on the clubs button, click on the set, uh, that one there. It's a pretty cool looking club logo too, isn't it? Triathlon Club of San Diego. And this is one of the things I've talked about with the clubs. San Diego, look at that. That's the, like, I reckon of all the ones on there, they've got the best logo. Yeah, okay, yep, yep. keep talking. And what you then what it basically does for you, if people join up and they like you at your club and they get involved in that, then you go to go to group results. Look, and they even have discussion in the weeks. Yeah. Um, and then basically click on say right this will be say the Silver Strand half marathon click on that one there okay and it's got nine athletes from the club that raced great and uh, yep and it basically lists all your nine members just separately not not just highlighted in the results yeah it basically great. lists those results pulls your club members out you chuck them in your newsletter or, or at least they can get coverage on Athlinks here and it's just a nice easy tool to save you guys sort of scrolling through results and uh, and giving your club members a little bit of attention when they have awesome races. And, and also when they probably don't have some good races they want to publicise, you're going to publicise them for them anyway. Well the thing is, you know, like I'm, I'm, you could use Facebook for your club stuff but the thing is at the end of the day Facebook's only just the social networking side of things yeah. whereas this here is more athlete specific so... You know, like they've got all the, they've got like two hundred and thirty club members in this on Athlinks. They're all communicating through the walls, through the trackers, like that, like you would on you know, like, like a Facebook. But then you can do the things like the results and stuff like that. So it just takes it all to the next level, and it's just so much better at kind of having that stuff in there. So if you're in a club, and you know, like we all have websites for our clubs, but to be honest, they're not that um, connected. If you know, and they're I mean. hard work to keep updated. Yeah, and they are hard work to keep updated. Whereas something like this. It does all the work behind the scenes for you. You can keep in contact, get everyone involved, and uh, yeah, so I would highly recommend, if you're on Athlinks, recommend it to the person at your club who's the geek. Yeah. And say, we should get everyone involved with this, send out an email, get everyone involved, and then your club will be better off for it. Athlinks.com. Check, check, check it out. And Andrew, uh, obviously for everyone who met him in Arizona. Yeah. Just uh, love your work. Have you guys modelling those t-shirts? Yes, I'm sure he was. Because he's a bit of a supermodel, old Andrew. Is he? Yeah, yeah. just saying. Just, You're just you know, saying. Just, you know, just saying, you know. Look at that. While we're still on Athens. I must say, Matt Davis, who's a member of uh, Triathlon Club of San Diego, <sighs> has a great shot. <laughs> great parenting. Yes. It's a picture of a little maybe six-year-old giving the finger at a sports yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah. While we're still on Athlinks, and that's where we host our discussion of the week. Last week, um, the discussion was somebody asked they were in going into winter. They've got to do a lot of work on the trainer. Um, what sort of things can they watch on the trainer? More more movies rather than sort of spin intervals and things like that. Okay. Well, George, uh, how does that one? Reagan? Ray? Ray? Nah. Um, George Raynell. Raynell. Breakpoint, the best point movie ever, Bevan. Keanu Reeves, the best movie as Oh, an oxymoron. <laughs> As a matter of fact, they should not be in the same sentence. It may cause an, a universal implosion. As far as the best movie, he's going for Shawshank Redemption. Right, a lot of people yeah. have that. Yeah, you like that movie? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty good. Uh, it is a symbol of what an Ironman race is all about. Endurance, patience, resilience, seeking the opportunity, no pain attitude. Uh, all of the Ironman qualities... The good actors like Tim Robbins and Morgan Freeman. Oh, no, I think Keanu Reeves should have been in that movie. He was golden. Quote from the movie, get busy living or get busy dying. This is what endurance athletes are good at. Get busy living rather than smoking, eating junk food, etc. A busy way of dying. Funnily enough, that's, 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 that's actually quite profound. It is very George, profound. George, that, that's, you know, you, and, and back it up, George. I didn't say it was the best movie ever. Yeah. But I was saying for, a t- for our time, 
when we were teenagers, you couldn't go to any teenage party without Point Break in the background. Right. And you know what? Keanu Reeves may not be the greatest actor of all time, but that movie is up there as one of the Definitely. iconic movies of um, the early 90s. Interviewee we will have later in the show. Funnily enough, says... That was that. Uh, going long, going hard. Epic Camp is your documentary. <laughs> you can buy a copy at stormyshop.com. Oh, I love that. Joshua Crabble. Uh, Crab. How do I, I'm Crab, I reckon. Yeah, okay. Uh, quite a lot watching downhill mountain bikes and free ride mountain bike stuff. Lots of excitement. It's dangerous, though, if you're riding on rollers and there's a helmet cam footage of someone weaving back and forth through the woods. Makes you want to do the same and weave on the rollers is a recipe for disaster. Mm. I wound up crashing into the couch more than one occasion so I oh, love that he actually does it Julie, Julie Gorham uh, Kill Bill both one and two has nothing to do with trial cycling but it's some serious have you seen Kill Bill no so at the end of the Kill Bill 2 yeah, oh, don't tell everybody about it <laughs> well, you she, can't do that yeah, no, I'm going to everyone's seen it except for you but you'll never watch it she did she has this ninja move on him or something like that yeah. and he can only make five steps right and then he dies huh. yeah and he walks towards her for a cuddle uh, I think uh, maybe remember and, and he dies. Yeah, yeah. So great cinema, cinema, cinematography or whatever they say. Yeah, just yeah. Right. Okay, uh, Pete Hagen, uh, I suggest American Flyers if you've got some time and don't mind feeling a little bit emotional while writing. Nice, David Baxter. You don't want anything too deep when you're turboing because the blood is too busy cycling to get too busy thinking. So for some action, Terminator 2, Aliens, First Blood, Top Gun, <laughs> Gladiator, cool. Batman Begins, Die Hard, and The Matrix. Hey, who was in The Matrix, John? Just saying, George, Keanu Reeves, one of the greatest movies of all time. And you cannot say The Matrix is not... Did you like The Matrix? Oh, come on, John! <laughs> come on! No, it was alright. You're the one! Sorry? Oh, The Matrix is so... so Middle the one and three, two and three aren't, so they get right. too crazy, but the first one... It was okay. You've got to believe, John. Right. You've got to believe and you, you can you, see you're the one. You tell everybody Tim McGrath. Take the red pill or the, or the blue pill. Yeah. Oh, John. No. George, you just don't get how great he's, he just underplays it. He doesn't overdo it. He's no De Niro. <laughs> he doesn't overdo it. Jeepers. Timothy McGrath. I use New England winters to get caught up on TV series that I miss. Since I must be the only person in the States who didn't watch The Sopranos when it was on, too cheap to pay for HBO, I'm currently working my way through that. I'm thinking maybe I'll start with Entourage next. So he's actually using it to watch some TV shows. Nice. I did that with uh, Battlestar Galactica, the right. new series. No, John, it was very good. <laughs> uh, the only disappointment was that uh, Keanu Reeves wasn't in it because no. it would have been amazing if he was. Okay, John, if you were to sit on a, a wind trainer... I haven't given this actually any thought. What, what um, movies? Okay, John, give me your top five movies of all time. Oh, you're putting me on the spot here, Bevan. Don't put, I don't like being put on the spot. Okay. I, I don't really watch TV um, when I when I win train. I never really have. The only thing I've really ever watched is, is Tour de France stuff. Um, uh, okay. So it's been tri-specific. I wouldn't say I watch movies. It gets too a bit drowned out. You really, you, you'd have to wake but up the whole house. boring, John. Oh, they're fine. I was on the wind train on Sunday night. I was about to rock, go out riding. It started bucketing down the rain. How long you on the for? iPod. An hour. Um, oh, an hour's okay. Yeah, an hour's I can fine. do an hour. An hour's fine, mate. You do a few intervals. It's sweet as. Yeah. Three to five hours? Yes. Get a movie, John. Mm. Keanu Reeves. <laughs> He's got lots of good movies. Point Break. Best, best movie ever. There best you go. Movie, there, that's my top five. Okay. What one of the movies? Point Break was one. Matrix is two. Yeah, that's definitely up there. What else has he been in? Oh, so many I can't even think of. <laughs> uh, what about... Was, you, he, was he in like that Speed or something like that? Speed? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was entertaining. Yeah. 
Um, you skipped speed, all... speed, speed two and speed three. There you go. That's my top five. I don't know because he didn't come back for three. Oh well. I think he was in two, and then they did the, old, the random guy make out like it's him in three. Yeah. And while you're talking here, John, I'm just gonna say I'm such a fan of Keanu Reeves. I could probably name quite a few of his movies. Yes. As I'm pulling up to IMDb. <laughs> and let's come on, Keanu. You can help me here. Help me here. Oh, Speed, my... The Matrix, The Devils, something else. Oh, Constantine. Yes, that was pretty good. That one there was the one with Al Pacino, and he was the devil. That was pretty good. The Devil's Advocate. Right. Yes. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Right. Come on. Yeah. That was pretty good. Dracula. Dracula, Chain Reaction. Oh, yeah. So, guys, honestly, I'm thinking that if you're going to spend all your winter on a wind trainer, just watch Keanu Reeves movies. There you go. You know? Street Kings, did you watch that? Don't think so. Yeah, it was all right. Lakehouse? The Day the Earth Stood Still. Yeah, apparently that was really crap. Did, did he do that stupid Snakes on a Plane movie? No, that was old, uh, that was Samuel L. Jackson. That was a shocker. Did you watch it? I tried to watch a little bit of it just to see how bad it really was. And it was really, really bad? Mm. So do you mind the movie? Snakes on a Plane. <laughs> <laughs> do you mind a movie that you know is going to be bad? Uh, if I'm on a plane or something. But then you start worrying. They shouldn't play Snakes on a Plane on a Plane. They probably didn't. No. Probably no, didn't. I'm, I'm pretty sure they probably didn't do that. One. Okay, this week's discussion. We've got snakes on a Plane. <laughs> on a Plane. It doesn't even say the F word. He goes, could someone F and get these snakes off the plane? <laughs> He's, he is pretty cool, Senor yeah, Jackson, isn't he? Yeah. Okay, uh, James Motel's got one, and it's a really good one, actually. If you're trying to get your spouse or significant other participating in the sport you're training, what are the best tips for doing this? Mm. Oh, let's leave it because this is a dangerous subject isn't it dangerous have you ever tried to get Belinda into it well we were discussing we were up in Kiteri a couple of weeks ago that's we right we discussing, uh, discussing doing the Able Tasman Classic oh and she was interested the in run the yeah I'm going to probably do it next year oh um, I wouldn't mind doing it next year yeah. as well it's good nice race um, but, you, but been, I think you might be able to get in it yeah it's not open yet when does it open not till September the no, race isn't until September. Yeah, uh, it was one of those races that you have to be on the, the site uh, straight away. Not, not quite like that, but it's, it does fill up. Are you quickly. sure? Yeah, I've emailed them. I have. Yeah. Have you pulled in the arm, John? I Houston? have not pulled the rank. Uh, no, because I'm not pulling the. I know John. Houston. But um, yeah, I've, I, I, I might be able to take a few tips on this because my, my it didn't quite go down. But that's granted, she is at the moment training for a five k run around. Maybe we could get Porno to give us some tips on this because he got Stephen to doing some running. Right. She did the root room with us. Yeah. Yeah, so and my Joe does it, but she's a bit of a, she was already kind of into that kind of stuff. So mm. and then she got fourth or fifth or something. Yeah, she, yeah, I think she got seventh overall. Yeah. yeah, she wasn't totally happy with the race. Would like to yeah. go a little bit faster. Blame the coach. No. Yes. No. No. Yeah. No, so no. it's always the coach's fault no. when you have a bad race. Always. Oh really? Yeah. Blame the coach, and if yeah. it's a great race, it's an individual performance. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> it's, it's a it's an unfulfilling job. Okay, then uh, music. Some music on John. Uh, music makes the people come together. Here we go. Age group of the week or oh, good old Scott Richdale sent through and it's actually a really good one I'd like to nominate Liam uh, Don- Dolan Dolan from Ireland for age group of the week I met him a few days before the race in Kona when we were wandering down Alehi Drive gee Kona is hard work without a car isn't it Yes. Yeah, it is. Yeah. We try to get a car this year? Yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, we didn't have one last year. We were biking everywhere. And I got told off because bloody Daddy Dev told me off wearing an iPod on my bike. Yes. But anyway, 
and he stopped and gave us a ride down the, to the pier. Well, that's pretty cool because there's lots of people walking down the street. He stopped, yeah. <laughs> stopped and give you one. The conversation soon got into I Am Talk, and here Harry he was an avid listener of the show, and Harry met you two at Kona the year before. Also found out he had managed to do a 9.41 in 2009. Race day came and went, and I had a quick look for his results. Interesting to say the least. Our Irish friend had gone 9.31, so he knocked 10 minutes off his last year result. Great. Very solid in itself. Then I noticed his splits. A 3.11 run really great a 4.47 ride wow that's pretty strong and a 1.25.45 swim he got out of the water in 1555th place Jeez. whoa passed 1237 people on the bike and got up to 318th then passed another 148 people on the run to finish in a place of 170 so 170 quick calculations show that Liam passed 1385 people during the bike run or 74 point uh, nearly 80% of the entire field because uh, there were only 1,770 finishes. How's that for a bike runner? With that impressive feat and being an avid I Am Talk listener, I think Leanne Dolan from Dun- Duncan Island Dun- Dundalk Island is a worthy winner of your age group of the week. <laughs> Imagine that race. First of all, sharpen up on your swimming. And uh, then- there could, could have been a complication there, we don't know, but if, if it was a straight swim, a 125 for an Ironman qualifier for somebody of that ability, you're giving away a little bit too much. Yeah. <laughs> a few more laps at the ball, maybe. Yeah. But but imagine that race, just oh. passing people all day. Ridiculous. It really would, wouldn't it? I can't even comprehend that. But I met, yeah. How many people are passing every minute? You know, just yeah, it's a lot of people. Yeah. Anyway, a bit, a bit of a buzz, I suppose. Liam, my suggestion to you would be when you get over there next year, if you're going back. Just do a few more laps out to Coffees of Hawaii boat. Nice. And uh, you'll you be t- right. You spun that round, John. That was really and good. And maybe spend a little bit of winter practicing swimming. <laughs> Just a little bit. For okay, so let's talk about this. You know, if you're a guy who's, you know, he's obviously a bloody good runner and bike runner, mm. what, what can he do to improve his swimming? Swim lots, really. Yeah. Well, firstly, firstly, you've got to. Yeah. You know, some guys are just slow swimmers, and they're gonna they're gonna be suck uh, no matter what. But really, you, yeah, not, every, not some people just can't improve. I think you can get down to sort certain thresholds. So if he's a one twenty five swimmer, you know, I re, I would imagine it'd be relatively easy to say chop ten minutes off yep. that. Yep. Then it becomes increasingly harder. So and again, someone like um, Chris McDonald was saying. He managed to get his swim down to a low 50s, but for him to get any lower than that is incredibly difficult. Yeah, and a lot of work. And, and like, yeah, you got down to a low, lowish to mid 50s yep. um, with, a, with a moderate amount of work. Yep. But to, to increase that, you would have to you know, maybe yeah. swim eight, nine times a week. So my advice would be over winter, and if he's from Ireland, the weather would be pretty crappy, get into a routine of going swimming five, six times a week for, for a few months, and then you can get it up to standard, and then you've just got to maintain it. Um, not main, you're going to maintain that sort of volume, but if you get your swimming improved and then keep going you know, three to four times a week, you should be able to hold it in, in the you right know what? place. Like, let's not be tired, I'm sure he is trying to improve his swimming. But I think that the interesting thing is as well, it's, it's just a different race. Imagine you know, how much time it costs them having to pass everyone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you're weaving all day. You're having to overtake slow people. You have to go wide all the time. You're actually probably travelling a little bit more distance in the race with your weaving and crap. One other thing I'll say is this last weekend, old Joycey, Rachel Joyce, she was racing in Arizona yeah, and crashed, crashed out. Oh, uh, really? I, think she, I don't know if she kept going or not, but I would imagine, I'm just speculating, that, put it out there, John. That, it was, that she possibly could have been you know, passing someone and because though, when you are passing that many people yeah. you've got to be very aware of what's going on in Kona you know you're going to have people too, too wide pretty much the whole way yep. 
and he's going to have to be going third wide out, so he's going to have to be conscious of the, of, um, the blocking rule, of not going over yep. the centre line. Going to do and and if, they are, if the people are well wide out, he might not be able to pass. Um, and you've got the wind blowing, so it would be quite a difficult journey. It'd be a big buzz past that many people, though. So well done, Liam. Good on him. Like, as much as we're giving him a hard time about swimming. I think it's, I remember meeting him as well. Yes, yeah, so fairly I. Young, what age group? I thought he was a fairly Scott. young guy. Okay. So, Scott, thanks for sending that in. And, and Liam. Uh, nice, nice to get a 10-minute PB, mm. you know, from the year before. To actually come back, you know, 940 is pretty decent in Kona, but to come mm. back and do it again next year, 10-minute faster. So, uh, good thanks for that, Scott. But who was our guy? Liam uh, Dolan, you are our... Age group of the week. week. Let's talk about our next sponsor, John. We had, a, we had a really good email through from good old Hotel this weekend. I'm going to read it out because it's uh Not word for but paraphrase, Bevan. Oh, you want me to paraphrase? You don't want to read it all? Uh, basically, Hotel <laughs> is... Uh, he was sceptical. He's not, he's not a big fan of supplements. And uh, he was a little bit sceptical of extreme endurance when we first started brought it on board. But he was in America recently and he managed to pick up some. Because so mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I read the email. That's so nice. uh, and as a he was expecting this kind of same results you get from phosphate loading. But... So he thought you might be really sporty and stuff like that. But he thought he'd give it a try. And he ended up doing the, uh, what's the one? Virtue Man. Virtue Man. Half Virtue. Iron Man. Uh, didn't have necessarily the greatest day. It came up fourth and, you know, pretty much in what he'd always done. Kind of thought, well, you know, maybe it didn't work. But then the next day, felt great. Yeah. Like, felt great. Went out for a jog the next day. And, and then the next week, he went and did the Barcelona. Um, had again, didn't necessarily have the greatest day. Um but again, the next day he woke up and he felt really great again. Two weeks later, he turned up and he did the Birmingham Half Marathon. He did not use extreme endurance when he did this one. He ran a PB, uh, but his PB was five minutes old, five years old anyway. But uh, the next day, he had to slide down the stairs. His quads were in agonies with muscle soreness for a week. Only on the Friday after that could he do a light run on the treadmill. So he killed it, but he suffered afterwards. Then he thought, well, I'll get back on extreme endurance. He did a mountain marathon. So, okay, it was only a D course, but with no mountain mar- running in my legs. Walking down hills always gives me muscle soreness, and I always book in for a massage after this event. No matter how run I slow, um, how run I slow I run or walk, I always gets to me. This time nothing so when he used extreme endurance he trained on the monday afterwards with no problems did the rutland god he races (laughs) he did the rutland marathon this weekend uh okay time not great but i ran every step of it and pushed the downhills very hard i wanted to really test the product out everyone after the finish was hobbling and stretching this morning the other halves uh, had to walk to the stairs backwards just as I am getting in from an easy run. Surely there is something to this. So I'm not sponsored by them. I paid for it like everyone else and I don't really think it made any difference to the performance but I uh, will never know that. However, there is something that suffers with uh, with muscle soreness. As someone who suffers with muscle soreness, it's really worth giving a try because basically it's the cost of a massage anyway. I'm reluctant to post this because I'm, I'm not a fan of supplements. But I did give it a try, and I was sucked in by the hype, and I'm being honest about the result that someone else might benefit. Shoot me down by all means if you have tried it, but this is a general review as it gets. Will I use it again? Definitely in the race season. So. And that's very similar to my my sort of feelings towards the product. is very hard to tell um, whether something's going to give you a performance boost. I had a, I had a, I had a, a really good run, um, but I'd like to think a lot of that was to do with training. Because you're hardcore, John. Yeah, but I had this similar experience earlier in the year when I did a, a 15K race. I was just munted for a good week after that ran very very hard um, but I did a 5k before the marathon and also ran hard in the marathon and my recovery was significantly um, better it was still a bit sore after the marathon but 
straight after the race, um, I was in La La Land and couldn't really walk as good old Crescendo could can testify. Yep. By the time I'd got back to my mate's place, had a shower, was off the airport, I was sweet. Next couple of days had a little bit of DOMS, um, but nowhere near as bad as what I'd normally get. So well, I think the thing is, is and I've been kind of ratting on about this a lot lately, but the thing is, if, if your recovery is better... You're, you are going to grow as an athlete because mm. especially, you know, like for your big races, you're obviously going to, you know, after the marathon, you're going to have some time off just <clears> to have some time off. But if you're doing hard training consistently and your recovery is better and it means you can train at a high level the next day, that equals better performance. And also a, a lot of the um, testimonials and what have you that the Extreme Endurance put out there, they're often from, say, cyclists or maybe athletes that are doing a little bit shorter course stuff. Where well, back you, it up, John. Where you are doing... Who won Arizona? Extreme Endurance athlete. Yeah, true. Mm. But what I was going to say is, you know, the training we often do is not ridiculously high intensity, and that's yep. where the other angle of extreme endurance um, may well come in as trying to, you know, re- reduce the soreness um, and the, the burn factor from that. And because we don't do that high intensity training, we often don't find out about that. But we definitely seem to be finding that uh, recovery is significantly enhanced and, and a lot less muscle soreness. Hey, and if Timo Brock's using it. Right. It's a no-brainer, John. It's a no-brainer. <laughs> okay, then. So, Extreme so, Endurance. Xendurance.com. Use the code I am talking to get yourself a little discount. Give it a crack. Okay, John. One, two, three, four. High five. Oh, you guys must have been missing that. It's, 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 it's been, been a long, long time. time. Um, oh, good old Andrew Brund, uh Surge has sent through this one. And he's, he's basically going, I was thinking, uh, and I've got a high five for the real reasons for doing endurance sports. Number one, carbo-loading. Yes. Excuse to eat lots of food. It's basically Christmas Day, isn't what it? What does that smell around here? I think someone burning toast. Yeah, I think someone's burning toast. Yeah, yeah, but it's kind of a nice kind of burn, isn't it? No, not really. Oh yeah, I like burn. Okay, <laughs> carboloading. Excuse to eat loads. So you, of when you're carboloading, you just go stupid. I don't go stupid, but I focus. You know, eating a lot more carbs, but not crazy so. But it's more. So do you go stupid at small sports? Oh, I do, yeah. Well, not before a race. But no, but in general? Oh, yeah. I, um, <laughs> well, John, when I was in China, I had some board breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Five that's days not, in a row. That's not good. And you, you, you tell yourself to stop, but the food's... And it was good food, John. Yeah, yeah. I was, it was the first time in probably the last 12 years that I worried about being fat. The secret of smorgasbords, though, you've got to go suss out the whole situation before you start out and come up with a strategy. I oh, see, my strategy is this. with saying you don't like it, you've got no room for desserts. Uh, if, there's, if there's a butt plate full of brandy snaps there <laughs> and you haven't got room, I'm going home disappointed. <laughs> see, my strategy is first time, bit of everything. Yeah. But just bits. Second time, maybe three or four of the things you love the most. Yeah. Third time, <laughs> just the things you love the most. Yeah. Fourth time, pushing a little bit more. Yeah. Then desserts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I tell you, I was worried in China. Okay, number two, taper, off-season. Reason to be lazy. That's right. Yes. No excuse to be lazy. Yes. Number three, shave your legs so they look better. Never did it, John. Never did it. Do it. Never did it. Wax. No. Waxing is the way to go. No. I know no. some athletes these days that aren't doing much training. They still pull out the excuse, oh, you know, need to. So in between season, you let them grow out, do you? Oh no, I try not to. But Why? They, 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 oh, that's lazy. Well, you're a beer, aren't you? No, I'm a beer. Yeah, yeah. At what stage did you start getting like hairs on your chest? Uh, five going on six. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love your work. <laughs> Mine was 12, 35. This hasn't started happening yet. Started. Okay, um, getting your race weight, uh, getting down your race weight. Uh, uh, they were greedy in the off season. Really so basically, going from being a fat ass lazy person to looking like a lean machine, eh? The, the abs you get that bit down the bottom there starts mm. popping out. Chicks love that stuff. 
train crazy amounts number five yep. so you don't have to do the jobs when you do them on the off season when you do them in the off season I'm not quite sure what he means there but I'm thinking he just means doing lots of crazy training yeah there you go so that's five good reasons to, to love endurance sport that's right we're going to bring, bring a few high fives back into it try to so light hearted part of the show so if you want to send through some light hearted high fives feel free because then you get to hear me scream out one two three five five I think we're going to po- um, do you want to do this now we're going to delay website of the week till next week we're going to push it over I think okay what was it a good website oh they're okay that one there was interesting that's a good point I didn't actually look at them so okay, we'll, we'll push them over to next week Okay, so this part of the show has got to stay in okay, well, let's put some music on John we'll broadcast music here we go John's mini history lesson John we've just discovered what the burning was in the background we were in the, in the pause we just yelled out to my daughter Tyler what's that burning smell something in the kitchen no, John, what was it? It's my hair. I'm burning my hair. Slightly concerning. Slightly concerning. And she's straightening her hair. Yes. And that's what kids do. They she's at St. Martin's School. Yep. Yep. I noticed she, I was down there last year, Last month. I was taking um, a kids' training session. They, they asked all the children in the school if they wanted to come to a triathlon session. I oh. noticed she wasn't there. Oh, uh, you know. It's no. not going to happen, John. No. But anyway, <laughs> how many kids did you get there? Oh, about 30-odd. It was good. It's got out the wind trainers. We've got 30, 30 wind trainers. got them all out there. What are you doing like. that? Oh, we do as part of our junior program. Oh, you, you go around to schools often, do you? Uh, I just fill in. I don't. I coordinate things, and then I had to fill in because somebody couldn't be there, so I go down and So do you that. pay some kind of young triathlete to go along and do it, do you? Yep. Oh. It's all good. Going around two or three schools every week. Oh, that's good. It's, it's, it's getting it out there, John. Rolling. I'm getting, I'm getting, I've got big plans. Have you? Yeah. What's, what's that? Kiwi sport. What do you mean? I'm doing a three-year plan. What do you mean Kiwi Sport? You can get, basically we'll explain that to go to pretty much every school in Christchurch oh, really? on, on a more regular basis. Oh, good man, John. You're doing you're doing good work, John. I'm, do I'm what loving, I can. I'm loving that do I know you. Can. I'm loving I'm associated with you because <laughs> your good feed gives me more credibility. Gosh, you know because that's you, what it's all about. Yeah, that's exactly why we do this stuff. Okay, John's mini history lesson, John. Okay, so in the early '90s, triathlon was a pretty big sport. It was pretty big it was, around the world. It was growing. Iron Man had just had the Iron War, you know, ITU was a bit Mickey Mouse at this stage. And I was getting into it. And John Newsom, this young whippersnapper who didn't get triathlon at his schools in those days. No, he didn't. No, there's no bloody wind trainers at school. He turned up. In 1991. And what happened, John? Well, sort of started easing into it. And then 1994 was um, sort of breakthrough. Got into the New Zealand junior team. Oh. And the world champs were in Wellington, New Zealand. So this time you're feeling pretty cool, aren't you? Because you're going to the world champs. Pretty cool. Did you have the t-shirt that you wore around school? Or you left school by then? No, no, I was, I was, uh, I was seventh form. Oh, see, I left in fifth form. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what was happening around that time is triathlon was, was growing pretty quickly. And through the 90s, you know, just was just getting bigger altogether. So 1994. So at this stage, Ironman's the big sport. Mm, no, I'd say short course was a lot bigger then. No, Ironman would definitely was was out there. But from my perception, as a as a junior as young, athlete, yeah. Ironman was was not that big. You know, it was all back then. It was sort of the crazy thing to do, and not that many people did it. Okay, so yeah. Kona and Kona was really and you there weren't that many events. Probably, you could probably still just enter Kona back then. I would have thought. I'm not sure when qualification first started. Yeah. Um, so 1994 rolled around. We had the Worlds in Wellington. And uh, I well remember we had our race really early in the morning and then the elites were racing in the afternoon. And back then it was still non-drafting. And it turned out that the Wellington race was the, f- the last ever non-drafting short course world champs oh, they really? had. So you did the last ever? We saw it, yeah. Oh, you didn't do it because oh, you were just... I yeah, was racing as well. Yep. And, but actually, a good point, because the junior race now is drafting as well, but ours, um, ours was, was non-drafting. And 
Spencer Smith just killed everybody. So if you haven't heard of Spencer Smith... So wait a second, this is guy. the last non-drafting. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Spencer Smith, good UK guy. Yep, it was a moderately windy day. Um, he had a couple of hills on the course, but nothing ridiculous. He just, he was, I think he was one of the first out of the swim and then just killed them on the bike, put two or three minutes into the everybody. But then what happened was you're sitting there going, Smith Smith's come past, you're waiting for the next person to come past, thinking, oh, it's going to be Brad Bevan or Hamish Carter or something like that. And then, whoosh, this pack Young of man. Like 30, oh, really? 30 guys come in or so. And they're drafting? Um, not really, but yes. You know, uh. it's just a big pack, five or six wide, all trying to trying to stay out of the draft zone, but really, you know, maybe yep, a couple of bike lengths between them. And so it was pretty obvious things had to change after that because, like, from, from an athlete who hadn't really seen what drafting was about, you're like, it's can't, that can't be right. And it, and Especially, it, like, for the guy like Spence, Spencer Smith, who was, you know, had a good lead, working hard by himself. But thankfully, he, he ran on, and he, I think he might have run the fastest run split of the day as well. Oh, really? He just wow. killed everybody. Wow. Um, so... The, the problem was, and as it is now... That's a great is, name too, Spencer Smith. Yeah. yeah. The standard was getting higher and higher, so... And the, the fields are starting to get bigger now too? Yeah. The guys were getting stronger in the swim, um, and then it just comes together on the bike, and you basically just couldn't run drafting races, non-drafting races anymore. So the following year, 1995, the World Cup Series expanded a lot, uh, but basically all the ra- races became drafting, and back then though... You had a lot more splits in the field, so you'd have maybe packs of four, five, six, etc. Yeah. Um, going around, and it wasn't the most exciting racing because um, you had just a few guys that were really just dominating all the time, and it was a bit of a bore. But so at this stage, when it first went to drafting, you know, '94 there was a problem that the, the packs were getting too big, so something had to happen. '95, how quickly did it become the bike run? It, it, the, the swim became, was back then. I mean, was, sorry, swim run. Was, yeah. was, it was incredibly important. Um, more so back then because, as I said, you had these smaller packs. Often the lead pack might only have been 10. Okay. And so you had to make it these days, you know, the main pack so 30, is 30, yeah. 40, 50, almost the whole field and, and a lot of races. So it was really important that you were a good swimmer. And you did see a lot of the guys that were doing very well in the non drafting races who were weaker swimmers who were able to pull themselves back into the race. They were. It was history for them. Yeah, game it was, over. It was game over. Yeah. And they, so they had to go and do halves or Ironmans or, or find other, so other races. So what athletes did they lose at that time? Guys like, say, like maybe a Wes Hobson or, or someone like a Cam, Cameron Brown. He, he kept doing the drafting races, um, but he was much it, better at the non, non-drafting. Yeah, so that, was kind of a shift, that forced a shift in his career. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and so back then, um, you certainly saw Brad Bevan, Australian guy, really dominating the scene. See, I remember, I didn't know much about triathlon, but I just knew this guy called Bevan, which I liked. Yeah, yeah. you like that. Yeah. And he basically, often what you'd hap- hap- would happen is Brad Bevan um, would come off the bike, Hamish Carter would try to keep up with him, Brad Bevan would um, then just pull away. And, well, he was just an amazing runner, was he? He was, he was a good all-round athlete. And then what would happen, those two would be dominating on the World Cup c- c- circuit, come to the world champs every year Simon Lessing would turn up and just kill everybody so Lessing didn't race many world cups very few because he was based in France and he raced for a, a club in France did like the Iron Tour did a number wow, of other so races wow it's fascinating at that time that you know the guy who ended up being the world champion every year didn't even race in the circuit very very rarely wow. and it was a financial decision for him largely well, I would yeah. imagine yeah. he got looked after incredibly well in France he was a smart guy and um, picked and chose his races I love this thing when we had him on the show he gave us shit from the start didn't he yeah yeah we should get him back on again actually confident fella yeah because when we first got him on we did the interview and, and the first thing we said is uh well, what did we say we said <laughs> um I can't even remember I'll think about it I'll come back to it um but anyway yeah it was very much the Brad Bevan and Hamish Carter show and then 
as you sort of moved a few years down the track, that's really when Macca started coming and in, coming into it, um, and he was. Uh, but would Bevan always dominate? No, like Carter must have won a few. In the first couple of years, first I remember he he, he did just about win every single race. Really? He was very, unless there was a breakaway on the bike that he missed, um, he would he would win the large majority. And then he just slowly started to fade off, and other guys started to pick up. Miles. So he was obviously too old by the time he'd given up. By the time the Olympics came around. Yes. Well, he didn't make the team. But he had I'm pretty sure he did. Prime. Pretty sure he didn't make. Maybe he did race in Sydney. I can't quite remember. Yep. But anyway, um, Miles Stewart started coming in, in then as well, and the Aussies were very, very dominant in those early years of the drafting races. You'd often get you know, three, four, five Aussies in the top ten, and, and Macca was one of those who came through, and, and very quickly he was one of the guys that was consistently winning races or consistently podiuming. Aussies stuff. are pretty good at triathlon, but aren't they? Yeah, 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 but they're nowhere near yeah. as dominant as they used to be. Oh, really? Yeah. So I wonder why. Anyway, anyway, and but I think probably a big part of the story was um, sure they had to make the change to drafting because it was becoming increasingly difficult yep. to, to police. But a big reason for it was because um, one Antonio, 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 whatever his middle name is, Samaranch, um, the former head of the IOC, came and watched some World Cup races, um, loved them. But a big part of his issue was that it was it was. There was so much cloud in there in terms of it wasn't necessarily fair. You know, if you were yeah. going to start penalising people coming off the bike, it wouldn't be that good a spectacle. And if you had a guy winning and apparently so he was drafting, yeah. was he really the winner? So oh, I remember watching some of the, the early ones, like really early on um, triathlons, you know, where you've got like Molina and these guys racing, you know, Pig and all that. And everyone I've watched, there's always been complaints about drafting. Yeah. You know what I mean? The, the guy who got sick and, oh, you know, he, and they were quite obvious about their complaints. Yeah. He was drafting all day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was a big issue. So that was another reason. And then in 1995, I think it was, uh, then Triathlon got announced it was going to be in Sydney and they basically have them five years to basically roll out their their plan uh, in terms of having a, a World Cup series. So, so how, much, how much was, you know, was the negativity around this decision? Oh, there was a lot. Because um, the purists, obviously, would have hated it. Mm, mm. And it's not the ideal. I think people would still agree. It's you, Most people would rather have a non-drafting race, but it's just not practical. And I think That's where I love the idea of uh, triathlon time trials. Mm. You know, imagine that. No, I think it'd be great. You get a minute I, between each sport. Player what athlete, a, one of the difficulties I think we're going to see, well, I know in a lot of countries not a difficulty, but are they going to bring drafting into age group racing? Um, so, like, for example, at New Zealand Champs and... Wellington, it's a flat course, and there's quite a bit of drafting that goes on, and that will be interesting to see how people react to that if they say, okay, age group racing, now you're allowed to draft. It just it, it just changes the sport. Mm. It's such a significant change in the sport. Someone like me, although I was never really a short course guy, you know, like in, in a non-drafting, you know, I'll always be a little bit behind in the swim, but, uh, you know, when Make I was at my peak, I would catch up on the bike and, you know, mm. be there in the run. Whereas if it was not a drafting... I'd just have, yeah, it's there's no point. <laughs> yeah, you know, and yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's such a, it's you know, such a dramatic change in the sport. So okay. that was a little mini history of how drafting sort of came into our sport. Nineteen ninety four was the last time a non drafting worlds was ever held. Do you think they'll ever have like a time trial champs? I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, they've got a sprint distance champs now. They've got a teams champs. I just love the idea of a time trial because that's just honest. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just you against yourself. Yeah. And then, you know, it's a different sport, but it's also kind of cool. I, th- I think they probably need to, to, to make it interesting, need to make it fairly short, you know, maybe like a 300-meter swim, 10K bike, 10K yeah. run, something like that. Um, and just, that'd be quite cool, just hammering it for, I yeah. guess, about half an hour or so. Yeah. That'd be good. Good times. Okay, uh, question. Oh, no, Annette Lee. 
interview coming up right now. So Annette Lee was the producer of uh, Going Hard, Going Long. Going Hard, Going Long, ladies. Documentary about uh, the epic camp length of New Zealand. Um, we'll basically go through that now. Annette's an Ironman athlete herself. Um, She's coached by a really great coach. Amazing coach. And she has lots of good results. She and loves <laughs> and uh, so here's that interview now. Oh. Okay, where's he going to push? <laughs> I'm having a drink, man. Here we go. Here's the interview. Okay, so all you guys um, been listening to the show well remember back in January we did the Length of New Zealand Epic Camp in 15 oh, days. Hardcore. It was very hardcore. And then we had a, um, a TV crew following us all the way through. And they've now got a documentary out, uh, Going Long, Going Hard, which basically follows the, the camp. It's available worldwide. We'll go over where you can get it in a moment. And um, the, basically the producer of the show is with us today to talk us through a bit about their experiences as they were filming it and, uh, and obviously just tell you guys where you can get it. So welcome along to the show, Annette Lee. Hi, boys. Hey. So what, yeah, obviously um, you're an athlete yourself, but what was your sort of motivation behind um, doing this documentary? Um, well, you were. Such <laughs> 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 motivation, mate. Um, no, it was a conversation. I mean, obviously, I was interested in what you were doing when you were organising it, and um, it was a conversation that you had, I think, with one of your sponsors who said it would make a, a great documentary. And at the time, I'd sort of given up my full-time job and was looking for something else. And we had the opportunity to set up a business and um, come up with a project, and it seemed the perfect one. So... That's really how it started, and then from there, it just rolled into this uh, massive production that uh, has taken the best part of a year. Well, when you're going into it, you know you're looking. You know this is a kind of a kind of a different beast for you. I actually don't know based on your experience, but what kind of angle were you kind of looking to present with this DVD when you're kind of going into it? I think we wanted to. I mean, for, for me, I mean, I'm I'm a classic age group triathlete who struggles to get from A to B in any race but you know you you guys talk to a lot of the pros and you talk to the high-end age group athletes and for me it's like how do they get there how do they become so good what do they have to do to to do that and so that was my basic interest and then my husband who runs the company with me and the other two guys who worked on the project they're basically, you know, professional pie eaters. <laughs> and um, they just couldn't figure – I mean, they've, they've been around the, the, the Ironman scene for a while watching me do my stuff, but they're just like, what are these guys? They're mad. They're nutters. And so they went into it with a really uh, – a real interest in trying to get inside their heads. And, and so, the, I mean, in terms of the, the market you're pitching at, were you, are you sort of trying to go after the general population or you're sort of trying to – go specifically triathlon or how, how did you sort of come up with the mix in terms of coming up with the storyline for the for the whole um whole documentary well both alan and i are journalists anyway so we're used to telling stories and um, a story is easy to tell if you've got a person who can who's got something to say so the most important thing for us was to get to know the guys as soon as we met them um, and that was going to be the most difficult thing because they were you know, the guys who were on the camp just really were so intent on getting from A to B each day. Yep. To have someone like a journalist sticking a camera in their face every day could have gone really wrong. They could have got quite cross. Yep. Yep. The great thing about the camp, and I think that's a credit to, to John Gordo and Scott, is that those camps gel so quickly. It was amazing. On that, on that first day when the guys got off the bus, they didn't know us from Adam. And not me so much, but the, but the other guys, the boys, you know, the cameraman and, and Alan said they they kind of 
took to each other so well because we, we were all in it together. We were trying to get these group of guys from Cape Bianca to Bluff in 15 days, all fit and healthy. And the stories just fell into our hands. It was amazing. The stuff we didn't know beforehand that came to us in the middle of an interview was just fantastic. So whilst we're aiming at, obviously, triathletes, because they'd be interested in what the guys did, there were a lot of human interest stories in there. You know, you're an athlete yourself. You've been doing triathlon for quite a while now. Did you learn much about being an athlete, you know, being around these kind of next-level guys for a long period of time? A huge amount. I mean, I think... um, I would like to think John coaches me, but I'd like to think that from January onwards, I developed such a a much better positive attitude because for me, talking to these guys who I'd kind of put up on a pedestal, when we talked about the problems they were having on a day-to-day basis or things that had gone wrong or things that they wanted to do, I I, I thought, blimey, that's what I say. That's what I think. And I've put these guys up on a pedestal and they're, they're dealing with the same problems I am as an age group athlete who's way down the pecking order. It's all the same. We're all in the same boat. We're just working on slightly different levels at different times. So for me personally, it's been a fantastic experience and it's given me tremendous um, power over what I can do and achieve. And I think that's what I really, that's why I want um, want people to give it a chance because there are some really inspirational stories not the 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 you know the tearful stuff that the wtc likes to put out on their dvds really really positive stuff like hey okay so um you know uh, my bike's just fallen apart at the bottom of the room attackers and i'm six foot two and there's a little bike here which happens in the in the program i can still get to the top of the room attackers because there is a bike it doesn't matter what the bike is there is a bike and i can do it and you see who does that and how they do it in the documentary. And, and what, what about the, um, you know, the your non-athlete colleagues? Um, did they? What did they come away with it from? Like, did they were they inspired to eat a few less pies? Um, or um, how do they feel about it? Um, uh, eating a few less pies? No, I'm afraid that didn't work at all. <laughs> In fact, if if I if I want them to do anything now, um, they get paid in pies at the moment. So two of the guys in particular. But I think what came away, what they took away from it was that um, these guys go on a journey with their training, yep. whether it's for a race or whether it's for a camp like Epic Camp, and that they come across obstacles and they find a way over them, round them, under them. And um, Greg and Scott, who run Noggin Films, who worked with us, you know, they're two young guys who are out there on their own. They've got families that they're struggling because everybody's struggling in business. But I think it's given them tools to cope with the problems because they refer back to some of the things they saw happen and some of the conversations they had. And they they have confidence. I mean, Greg and Scott are big boys and uh, they were some people on the camp who they really got on with. I mean, Big E from from the States, you know, they they thought he was fantastic. There's this massive six foot six or whatever he is, athlete, you know, tremendous guy. Best of mates with Greg and Scott, who are the big fat pie eaters. I mean, that's inspirational stuff. It's not intimidating. They weren't intimidated. They were inspired. That's great. And so maybe just quickly run us through the, the format of the DVD. Obviously, Bevan and I have seen it, so we, we know. But um, just sort of run us through the content, the extras, and, and what you sort of get when you get it. Well, originally, we, we made it to be broadcast, and it is actually out um, 
being sold at the moment elsewhere in the world by our international agent. So around the world, people may well see it pop up on their screens. Here in New Zealand, we're, we're having a few problems, but um, uh, we've, we decided, therefore, that to make sure that as many people as possible could see it, we produced a DVD version. So the DVD version in, includes the commercial version, which is a it's slightly long. It's 52 minutes long. So it's basically the journey from Cape Riang to Bluff and all the stuff that goes in between. I'm not going to give too much away. Yeah. And the DVD also has a, an interview with Erin um, Baker, because obviously Scott's wife was involved in that she put us up for the night. Um, but she has some really interesting uh, <laughs> outlooks on, 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 A, what she did, but on B, where things are going in the future. You know, And Erin's and not one to, to shy away from saying what she thinks. So... That that's a nice interview, and then um, Dr. John Hellemans. We spoke to him about the the the, the uh, physiological side of actually being an Ironman and and what the guys did in those fifteen days, because a lot of people obviously go into triathlon thinking, oh, it's a piece of cake. You run from A to B, you swim, you get on your bike, and it's easy. But when you move into that endurance side of things, it's it there's a lot more about it. So he's he's got some words of wisdom there. Uh, for people who perhaps haven't joined the triathlon community or maybe have and are struggling. And then finally, the last bit is um, we each night we gave the athletes um, a handicam. And uh, once they finish their swim bike run, they're pretty stupid. <laughs> so there's some, some funny stuff there, um, um, which just, just shows that, hey, even though they've been um, covering, what, several hundred kilometers a day and they're as sore as, they've still got a sense of humor. Mm. Cool. That's great. So for guys that want to get hold of the DVD copy, where can they buy that? It's uh, You can buy it online at stormyshop.com. It's stormy as shop. in storm, um, the, the weather system coming through. So yep. stormyshop.com. Yep. We'll put a link to that on www.imtalk in yep. the show notes. And what's the uh, the damage price and shipping and stuff for guys in different parts of the world? When when they go into the shop, it will give you ex- – the price here in New Zealand is $30. But for different shipping, there's obviously different shipping prices around the world. But it's it's very clear that uh, how much it's going to cost you because it does it all automatically. And then also on the on the shop, there's an opportunity for you to put a comment. And any of the guys listening from I Am Talk who buy, we will give a donation back to you guys to get you over to Kona again. There you go. Okay, by thousands and thousands of copies, guys. Make sure you put that I am talking there. (laughs) Hey, Ned, thanks very much. I mean, um, we'll we'll have a bit of discussion about it as well. I mean, um, I've had a lot of friends that have watched it and really enjoyed it. So, And and I think the key thing is, is, um, particularly when I was up in Auckland the other day, uh, a mate of mine who's an ex-triathlete and getting back into it, he sat down with his wife who's definitely not an athlete and and they both loved it for, for different reasons. So I definitely think it's a... An opportunity that saying you can watch with a, a non-athletic um, partner, and they'll still get a lot out from it. So um, yeah, get online and get it. Thanks very much for your time, Ned. Yep, and of course I'm coming down to the Hot Triathlon Festival. Oh, be excited! House of Triathlon Triathlon Festival and DJ BJ. Yep, I've, I've done some practice <laughs> last weekend, so it's, it's all happening. Good. Hey, Bevan, you know that's what I used to do when I was young. Oh, I was tips. DJ. Oh, oh, oh were you? Oh, <laughs> I was. You should, you should write me write <laughs> yeah, an email with some tips. <laughs> cool. right boys thanks for your time oh, yeah, mate. See yeah. okay so uh, where do they go they go uh, stormy oh, we mentioned it there I think it was stormy you have to send me that link for the show notes okay uh, so John what do you think of it it's great mm. um, the, I, I quite like the 
extras um, on the DVD. Um, from yeah, the my, interview was great. From my perspective and, and an insider's perspective, I would have liked to see it being like three or four times longer, yeah. you know, like a three-hour documentary so you could see a lot more, but then you're just going to cut so many people out of the market. So yeah. I've sort of... Um, Taking the, you know, giving it to other people that are that are not in the epic sort of circle, and you've been in this, the circle, so you sort of know what goes on the camp yeah. and, and how it sort of um, everything sort of falls into place. But for the guys that haven't really seen it, they they found it really interesting. But for the ones on the inside, you know, there's so much more that could have been put on there, but you just can't put everything yeah. on there. Um, I like that as well because I like that they kind of showed a bit of the background behind some of the athletes, mm-hmm. and they weren't afraid to show some of the hard stuff, mm-hmm. like that, that female. Um, who was struggling? Yep. With yep. Her partner. Yep. You know, like they didn't kind of beat her under bush with some things. Like yep. they, um, Jordan. Jordan. Yeah. Right. Jordan struggled, and and they didn't they disguise that fact. You know, mm. and, and they didn't disguise the fact. That, you know, there's some tension at times. Yeah. You know, that's typical camp. There is tension at times. People are put into high stress, and you know, ninety percent of the camp, everyone's in great spirits, and mm-hmm. you know, it's amazing the camaraderie you have when you do epic camp. But there are those times where you know you just someone's annoying you and stuff and or you know people are struggling and they don't know how to deal with that and so I really like the fact they were kind of honest and raw about that um, they showed some really good insight into you know some like classes story and stuff mm-hmm. like that and so yeah no it was really good Melina's always good good value yes. I love Melina yeah and uh, yeah and it's just some nice spectacular views of New Zealand good Christmas present if you're looking to get oh here we go <laughs> no, yeah. it's not oh, a good okay. Christmas present for your partner it's the one you drop the hint for yes that's yeah. a good point you know, you know, send, send don't, get, don't get Belinda I'm not giving Joe this for Christmas <laughs> there you go ideal ideal there you go Joe and remember if you're going to get it put in a little uh, comment I am talk and then we get a little Kickback. Money towards Kona. So I'll put a link to that on www.iamtalk.me and you guys can get it from there this week on the show notes. Okay, questions and answers. We've got a couple because I chucked a couple in, but uh, the first one is from... Not really sure because their names are not really sure. Just listened to the Mecca interview. I loved his discussion on race strategy and think his approach really makes sense. Please explain though how strategy on the bike can make a difference to the outcome of a non-drafting race I see it providing a small edge but to beat Crow's advantage see you guys see you guys the girls are all going to beat Crow's advantage on the run edge seems like a lot particularly with the rules requiring the passing of the whole group so you've got quite a few factors going on when you're on the bike there's firstly there is a fairly significant draft factor um, when you're sitting at sort of five to six metres yep. um, you know you are still getting a lower heart rate, um, you're going at the same speed but you're pushing less power, uh, you've also got the concentration factor um, where if you are in, if you are in that queue you just need to be going right, I've just got to stay the, the same distance behind this guy, don't yep. have to concentrate too much. Sweet ass, just keep uh, turning over. Whereas if you are behind you're having to do all the work by, by yourself, you're going to have to be pushing harder into the wind, mentally it's going to be a lot tougher as well. Um, so that there is a big advantage in, in being in that group. And if you fall off the back of it, then mentally that's going to be a real challenge. Yep. Um, now, what you've also got to factor in, though, as well, is the tactics that Macca employed on the bike is not what I'd recommend for most age groupers. You know, you, if you're an yeah. age grouper, you want to be riding a nice even output all the way through and just basically doing your race. But at the same time, if you end up being in a bunch, you can use that to your advantage. Um, but but most, let's be honest, 90% of the field aren't racing it. Yeah. You know, and someone like Mecca, and he talks about it in the interview, is that you've got to take a risk if you want to own Kona. And, and, and you've got to race a race that you think is going to make you win. 
but you've got to train that way as well. So, mm. you know, he will train in a different way to an age group athlete. So when he does that high-intensity push, say he goes, right, for the last 30Ks, I'm going to push harder, he'll practice that in training and he'll have a lot, maybe a lot more variability so his body can actually sustain that change and he can have some mini recovery periods. And, and like he talked about in an interview, like he knew the crosswinds were going to come up into Harvey. Mm. He knew the runners wouldn't go there, so he practiced, he trained, you know, actually in the location. So he was used to, you know, riding through his crosswinds and attacking at that time so it's it's a different different um different scenario for those top pros and also those guys he's got huge experience in, a, in racing short course long course if you've just done long course stuff you're not going to have that efficiency at your top end that those guys will have and you won't be able you potentially won't be able to recover so i just um put a little cautionary note out there if you're thinking about drilling it on the bike at some stage um you've got to practice that in training i think the other thing is as well is that you know, minutes win you Kona. Mm. You know, like the difference between Maka and Crowey, you know, still was only minutes, you know. Mm. And so, um, you know, again, like when you're first to Ironman, you can, you can make so many mistakes and it doesn't matter. But then when you get to that next level and you're really trying to go for that, you know, that sub 10, sub 9 or whatever it is that you're trying to go for, you, you're looking for seconds. And so, you know, by him attacking on the bike, as much as it was only really gave him a few minutes advantage, but mm. at the end of the day, that was all he needed. Yep. And, uh, you know, so it's a different kind of field. Got a couple of quick things here. Tom, good old Tom Williams from MarathonTalk.com. Right. I think it's the .com. There are, he actually wants to do a challenge with us, John. Right. The boys from Marathon Talk want to do a marathon challenge with the boys from I Am Talk. Fill me in. Well, I'm not really quite sure of the plan yet, but he's okay. saying, he's just saying we could do a, we both do a marathon. They both do a marathon. Combined time wins. Okay. Yeah, maybe even even to go to Boston. Get listeners if to they pay, pay for it. Yeah, let's we'll get listeners to. Do I'll be that. doing. I'm planning on doing Christchurch Marathon next year. Are you going to do Christchurch? Are you? Um. Well, yeah. Tom Williams. Yeah. He's, he's saying, look, bring it on, Tampon. Why don't you guys come to Christchurch? Beautiful weather. Beautiful, honestly, Mecca. Yeah, <laughs> the Mecca of running. But he's actually he's doing a really great thing in his local community in the UK somewhere. I'm not sure where it is, but I'll put a link up on uh, our website, I'm Talk, to his website because he's doing this, a swim challenge basically. Mm-hmm. And what he's doing is he's making it totally free for anyone. So um, he just he's basically he's got over 200 entries already, but he's basically. Wants to get people out doing exercise, so he's, he's created a series called Winter Swim, and uh, if you want to do it, I'll put a link to it on our website, and if you're in the UK, check it out. I'm not exactly sure where it is, I probably should have done my P's on this, but um, it's somewhere in the UK, and it's a free swim, and he just wants to get people out there doing it, and uh, so if you want to do it, check it out. Tom Williams is doing great work. Nice. Lastly, good old Jules Gorham. Um, she's just saying she's getting sick of triathlon, or competitor.com, never having any triathlon articles. So you know what she's doing, John? Yeah. She's doing something about it. She started her own blog, and it's uh, Julie slash... And the Julie hyphen Gorham. Gorham.bobsblogspot.com. But I'll put a link to that on www.iamtalk.me as well. Nice. And if you want to read some triathlon stuff from an athlete who's just frustrated with the media not doing enough triathlon stuff, check, check. It out. Check it out. And then lastly, Chance Barber. Actually, quite a few people sent through this DVD. Um, the the um, YouTube profession said, did you watch it? I watched it. It was just a mountain biking guy doing some oh, extreme that's stuff. Pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. And uh, top one ever. Was that top YouTube clip ever? No, no, no. no. There would be some song, wouldn't no, it? No, that'd be when we did our little. Um, Actually, John, you're probably right. Clip with the swim technique. That would be my mum. My mum. My mum's got no patience. So yeah. my mum need to do something for my mum. And uh, she's ringing her at 8.30, so she'll ring on 8.30. And she'll keep ringing, John. She'll just keep ringing. So just get used to it and sound in the background, guys. Uh, sponsor. Um, coffees of coffees Hawaii. Of Hawaii. Dot com.
com. The special was still on the IM8. Oh. So basically, go on to Coffees of Hawaii or go through it. See, I did my piece, John. See, I did my homework. Nice. Click or go onto our page, I am talking to me. Very nice. You're still, still waiting for mine. I'll, I'll get you one. Okay, you okay. keep talking. And uh, one for Belinda and one for Thomas as oh, well. I don't know if I have that many. <laughs> and basically, just go onto I am talking to me, click on the Coffees of Way logo. You get a free bag of 100% Kona coffee for orders over $40. Oh, yeah. Uh, so get on there. The coffee's good. Good gift giving time of the year. And Bevan's still getting my t-shirt. Keep talking. While you're on there, look out for your Christmas gifts. It's that time of the year. An apron, some cups, medium. No, because they're Chinese sizes. Okay. Okay. So plenty of Christmas gifts on there. If you're going to be getting other stuff, use a discount code. I think it'll work. I'm talk. Yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. But I, I, I just think you're an idiot if you get. Well, no, no, I don't think you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be silly, John, yes. not to get a free bag of coffee, 100% Kona coffee, for orders over 40 bucks, John. It's a no-brainer. It's just something you're going to use. It's not like it's just going to sit there not do anything. You're going to. And do you know what I like, John? It. Is it the new ad they've given us? It actually works with our website better. Nice. Because they've got the blues. Colours. And it, looks, it works with our tops. Nice. The one I've got blued out there. And yeah, so. So get on it. Go to imtalk.me or go straight to coffeesofhawaii.com and get your free coffee. It's oh, a beautiful thing, John. Okay, John, what else have we got to talk about? Anything else we've got to talk about? Sponsors. Athlinks.com. Um, get your club involved. Coffeesofhawaii.com. Free bag for over $40. And extreme endurance. Hey, if Hotel says it's good, must, must be, be true. <laughs> okay, John, what's your goss? My goss. Got a kids race this weekend. Oh, back it up. You're going to win it? Splash and dash. Yeah, <laughs> take them out. 50 metres swim, 1.5k run. How's, how's, how's the hot triathlon going? It's all right. It's yep. just, it's, people are so bloody Leave it last lazy. minute, don't they? So, like, I was talking to Pete O'Brien, who ran the half yep. Ironman. He was saying, like, he got, like, half his entries in the last week. Oh, that breaks your heart, that does. So Because you're sitting there going, oh, my God, is there going to be enough people? Yeah. And then... I'm spending a lot of money on it, so I need to, it's going, it's okay, you know, I think where I'm at at the moment, I expect to, you know, a month out, I expect to probably double my entries, and that's, yep. that's okay. So that's where you need to be. As long as I double, I'm sweet. Great. Um, so it's all good in the hood. It's one of those things where you're building anyway, isn't it? It's three or four years from now when mm. it's this huge event. Got to invest a bit to get a bit back, but hey, John, later, later you know, you, you, that, you plant the seed. That's right. You reap the rewards. That's right. And you have to uh, nurture the seed. Got my it? kids splash and dash this weekend, which is an aquathon race. So what, what are they doing? Uh, youngies do the seven to ten year olds do a fifty meter swim, one point five k bike, and then it goes up to like the fifteen year olds. So do what's a, a youngie? Seven to ten, seven to ten years okay. old. It's the youngest ones we seven. I think it's might, might even be eight, but I'm letting I'm letting seven year olds in. <sighs> You're living on the edge, John. You're living on the edge. Other than that, the swimming pool is open at home. Oh, I noticed Waltham's open as well. Yes. Felicity has all of a sudden become a water baby. Oh, great. And she she goes nut bar if she doesn't get a swim every day. What about Thomas? Is he a water baby? No, not so much. Does it disappoint you? No, not really. He'll he'll, he'll get it. He'll learn. I'll just chuck him in. You can't get her out of the pool. Really? She loves it. She goes, yesterday it was crappy weather, so we had the cover on and stuff. And she's like rattling on the gate. Oh, she really? gets her togs out of her uh, drawers and she wants to get oh. in. So that's pretty cool. Um, other than that, and then we've got Tommy's Christmas party at the weekend at his preschool. So it's all about the kids this week. Where's the preschool? Is he the one across the road from me? No, Montessori, just down the road. Oh. It's very good. Is very, it? very good. Oh. Uh, other than that, hopefully I can fight off this sicknesses going through the family. Yes, hopefully I don't get it now. And I'm getting into my tri training and I'm quite enjoying being back in the pool. Had my second squad swim on Saturday. Go right, you dominated a bit more this time? Not dominate, but improved. But not embarrassing yourself. Long set of hundreds. You're supposed to progressively get quicker. Didn't get that progress. <laughs> Started out doing 120s. Did you stay on 120s, but Stayed on 120s all the way through, but I could tell you they were pretty hard at the end. Really? Mm. Wow. So it was all good. And other than that... 
too much else. Really? Good to see the All Blacks winning again. Not so good to see the cricketers getting thumped. Oh, did we lose the cricket, did we? Well, we're going to. Oh, really? No hope? Like saving it? No. Hmm. Anyway, Bevan, what's happening in your world? John, my daughter and her friends aren't the fittest kids. Mm. And I, and I should have come to my triathlon session. Well, yeah, there was no hope. Yeah. And I, so I told you, have I told you I'm doing Tyler's, you know, I have 5k to Usher? No. Oh, well, so, so my, my daughter does dance, and that's okay. So, like, as long as she's doing some exercise, I'm happy. But I think she just probably needs to do a little bit more exercise. I'm not trying yeah. to push it to be excessive, but she just needs to do a little bit of exercise. So, I've introduced 5k to Usher. So mm-hmm. she really wants to go see Usher. Now remember we talked about us on the show. Usher, you didn't yeah. know who he was, but yeah. he's a, he's a very popular singer. Yeah, twenty one hits I think in America. Right. So pretty big. So some people would be surprised you haven't heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so I think I have heard him. I just don't. Yeah. Um, I was going to sing your song, but I won't. That's okay. Um, but Usher's Usher's going to Auckland in March. Mm-hmm. So I bought a ticket, bought good seats too, two hundred fifty bucks a seat. So because I think if you go to a concert, you got to go to a good concert. You got to go to well. My sister's going to take her up to Auckland because I don't care to see Usher. Yeah. But my sister's going to take her up to Auckland to see Usher if she runs five k's non-stop. Right. And not a proddy crappy run like yeah. a, a proper run. Yeah. But she has to train for three months to do it so you have to train three times a week mm-hmm. and do a 5k run at the end of it mm-hmm. so she started training and she had trained last night with my sister and tonight she has to come out with me and but today I convinced her friends to come at least today I convinced her friends to come running with me when do they have to do the event? oh March April? when's the, when's the concert? Uh, but I think March okay oh have you got another, have you got another got, event got on? another splash and dash <laughs> in April she could do a swim run <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well, you know what? Maybe I could get, you could pay for another concert. Cause okay. <laughs> so, but the, so her friends weren't keen on coming for a run. Mm-hmm. So I've I've convinced them I buy them a pizza bun. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> they have a pizza bun and some yeah. strawberries because I wasn't going to go too unhealthy. Yeah. A pizza bun and a strawberry if they come for a run. They were motivated by that. Yes. So today they've got to run thirty lampposts. Thirty lampposts. Run one, walk one. Yeah. Because to be honest, they're not the fittest kids. Yeah. That will be a struggle. Right. So there you run go, John. Walk. The old run walk. The old run walk strategy. Turning up everywhere. <laughs> so I got that. Um, you know what's really nice? My year's kind of finished. Right. You know, from here home, I'm home for the rest of the year. Oh, God damn, Wellington. Pretty much home for the rest of the year. Wellington. <laughs> just a day. And then uh, just cruising. Start thinking about Christmas shopping now. Belinda's done all our Christmas shopping. Ah, oh, see, I need Joe to do that. Yeah. Because we're not living together yet, so we don't really... <laughs> <laughs> Get her in line, Bevan. <laughs> Hopefully Belinda doesn't listen to that. Like she's a pretty avid listener of the show. <laughs> I've got to get her a present. What, what do you think? No, she, she's already got her present. I've got it. Thomas and Felicity have got to get her a present. Wait a second, she's got her a present. Trust me, there was there was some issues, but she was. <laughs> I wish you guys were here. John's face right there. <laughs> he did the eyes up, so I looked to the face. Oh, you just don't know, Bevan, no. the pain I go through. Yeah, she. I've given up on surprises and she's had something she really wanted to get. Uh, it was over budget. Uh, what's the budget? Well, the, the, we don't sort of have a budget, but it's like she spent like 200, 300 bucks or something. Oh, like John, that hurts. So. Oh, I feel your pain. So I've got uh, an $80 budget to go and get something for her from Thomas and Fulton. What is it? It's 380 bucks worth. What do you get? Exactly. You, you're doing a good job. Poor you, you, John. Poor you. I, I always felt like that with my dad because my mum, yeah, my mum and dad, they're, they're not poor or anything, but you know what? Mum, mum's really good at spending money on herself. Yeah. She's got, you know, all the latest fashion and she's got all the, all the bits and pieces. And, you know, when she wants a new car, she goes and buys a new car. Dad doesn't get anything. 
you know, you, you, and you know, you buy a Mercedes pain. You know, the man, we always miss out, don't we? Mm. You know, I am difficult to buy for. I admit that. Though. Yeah, so am I actually. But anyway, um, so I've got to get get something for her. It's a Christmas shopping year, so I want to get onto that. Yeah, I need to do that with Joe actually because I'm, I'm struggling to think of what to buy her. Because mm-hmm. Joe doesn't really want much. Joe's a good chick because she actually doesn't want much, which is great. Mm-hmm. But then it makes it hard. Because mm. I got her a knife last year. Remember that? No. <laughs> for Christmas, I got her a knife. Okay. No, but she likes cooking and she loves it. Okay. And every time she says, "Mum, mum, yeah. again," <laughs> she gave you seven, eight minutes. <laughs> <laughs> we better wrap it up because otherwise, I'll never hear the end of it. <laughs> right then, Iron Rust. I mean, don't train hard. Train smart. Kia, Kia kaha. Kaha. <laughs> I'm sure you've a CD.